Welcome to Story Spark. My name is Gavin. And I'm Daniel, and we're your hosts. And we'll be telling some scary stories tonight because it's October Halloween time. Spook town. And we're going to start this episode by telling some real quick actual scary stories about things that have happened to us in the Placerville area. Mm-hmm. In Placerville. You want to tell yours, yours first? Yeah, okay. I'll tell mine first. It's really spooky. Okay, so I've had two real ghost experiences in my life. Um, the second ghost experience that I've ever had in my entire life, and before this, I didn't really believe in ghosts. Like, I don't know, I'm just that type of person that's like, eh, ghosts, okay, hoodoo, voodoo, whatever. Woo, ghosts, spirits. It's just mm. such a convenient thing to say. Um,. My friend Brett and I were at the Carey House Hotel on Main Street in Placerville, and this place is notorious for being haunted, but like I said, I don't care about that. I would never have. I go up to the radio, this like old 1930s radio, and I open it up, and I'm like playing with the knobs, and I put my hands down, and I, I swear, I feel this like... It felt like a hand grabbing my arm. And I looked over at Brett, and I was like, Brett, there's something grabbing my arm. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's the busboy that, like, died here. <laughs> no, he literally said that. That's the busboy? Yeah. That died here. Like, he got shot on the <gasps> stairs, and he protects the lobby. And if anybody messes with the lobby, <laughs> he will mess with you. And I was like, shut up. I don't believe in ghosts. But I swear I felt... I felt, not just like saw something, I felt a hand grab my arm. It was crazy. Oh, your story. What did it feel like? It felt, it literally felt like the pressure of a hand squeezing my arm. Oh. It was really, really weird. Oh. And then it went away. And oh, I was dang. like. And you didn't mess with that radio anymore? No, I closed it. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry. Looks sorry. like he did his job. Sorry for messing with your radio, bro. Okay, <laughs> so I used to work at Marshall Hospital, and I heard some pretty spooky stories from other people who worked there. And for a while, I worked rave- graveyards in the kitchen. And one night, um, it was so you know, you got to clean stuff in the kitchen. And it was my night to clean the oven. And so I spray that, um, you know, like oven cleaner stuff and like foams up. So you spray it in there at the beginning of the shift. And like towards the end of the shift, you come back and like, you know, take everything out and like clean it out and everything. And like mm-hmm. the oven cleaner does its job. And it's like this foamy stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So I do that. And there was a lot of other spooky stuff that happened too. Like, you know, pans would just fly off of shelves sometimes, and it would just be, like, uncanny. Like, okay, there's no way this pan, like, fell off the shelf and, like, came across here. I remember one time I went into the walk-in, and I, like, I go to open the door, and it's like... I'm like, what am I hitting? And I like, I force it open, and there's, like, this whole thing of sliced tomatoes that I had put at the back, like, way back, like... 10 feet away in the back no of the walk-in way. and it was like all the way up against the door. So <laughs> like, it like flew there. Yeah, yeah all types of creepy stuff <laughs> no like this. No, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh man, not to mention like the possessed elevators in this place. <laughs> so this, this is definitely like, the scariest thing that happened. So I go and I open up the oven to like wipe it out and there's like a child's handprint in the foam. In the oven cleaner foam? In the oven cleaner foam. <laughs> Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> I mean, there's like no kids wandering around this place in the middle of the night. Who would let alone <laughs> coming into the kitchen, foam. into the oven, and putting their hand in the foam? <laughs> yeah. So Except scary. for ghost kids. <laughs> Except for ghost children. <laughs> and ghost busboys grabbing mm -hmm. our arms. So tonight's story comes from Rose at Solid Ground. She's amazing. She used to do trivia over at Danette's Brick mm. Oven Pub. I don't know if any of you guys have been there for her trivia, but she is the funniest lady ever. She, Rose is the best. She's the best. So tonight's story is called The Man With No Face. Ooh, Inception. That appears to be a dice on a dice. Our story begins in a small, dusty town in Nevada, surrounded by nothing but desert, sagebrush, mm. crickets, prisoners. I mean, Nevada's just full of prisons everywhere. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't you know that. No. Yeah, they have prisons there because if you try to run away, you'll die mm. in the desert. Anyways, deserts and a gambling problem. Our story is set in Elko, Nevada, a tiny town with probably three houses, a couple buildings, and a large casino hotel that is very old and run down, and the only revenue that anyone makes there is from gambling. Mm. So, our story starts, it's a quiet night at this hotel, and there are three people there. There's a rich out-of-towner, there's the madame of the hotel, mm. and... A, a Janet Snakehole type? <laughs> yes. That's the name of the casino, actually. Snakehole oh. Tavern. <laughs> um, <laughs> win your fortune in the snakehole. Uh, and a strange man, which no one knows, rolling a dice on a table. Mmm, some craps? Mm. Popcorn. Daniel. Mmm, mm. looks like a little rainbow with a cloud. So the dice hit against the back of the table and bounced up. It was sevens, which I'm sure means something in craps that I don't, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it means you gotta get up and go take a crap. <laughs> So everybody got up <laughs> in the restaurant. <laughs> the bathrooms were full for a little while. <laughs> and then when they wandered out, something very strange happened. Because it was early in the night, but when they had emerged from the bathrooms, the stranger, the rich out-of-towner, and the madame, they realized it was morning time. The sun was up. And the bustling that was going on in the tavern, the Snake Hole Tavern, was nobody was there. Mm. And it was oddly quiet. Actually, there was no sound. Mm. It was almost deafening. Mm. 
Just then, the sun broke up from the horizon as they could see the windows facing, um, where's the sunrise in? East. The east. <laughs> in the east. In the west. <laughs> in the west. <laughs> and it had dude, apparently, because there was a rainbow with a cloud. Dude. Cloud like morning dude. dew. <laughs> morning dew. <laughs> I thought you or meant some, like, what's up, dude? <laughs> some mountain dew. <laughs> <laughs> some mountain dude. But it was eerily, eerily quiet. Just then the cloud moved and there was a saucer shape in the sky. Oh. And just then everything went black. It went dark. The candlelight set or the the lamps that were in the tavern, that mm-hmm. was the only thing lighting. It was dark outside now. Completely pitch black. Oh. And they heard some like scrambly voices. That kind of sounded like um, clicking and popping, like, but it was almost like they were saying something, but they couldn't make it out. Oh. And they knew they had to get out. So the three looked at each other and they're like, what? How, how are we going to get out of here? Popcorn, Gavin. Looks like an L. In like a little block? Like a little block or something. The entire town had just experienced this very strange coincidence. They saw a flying saucer, then everything went out. It's almost like the sun wasn't like real. Like it just stopped, stopped shining. So the three people were the only people who saw this event happen. The saucer flew over, everything went black. After this clicking, clicking noise, everything goes back to normal. It just flies back. So this creates some suspicion for all three of the guests. All three of them are like, okay, we're not in Alaska, so this isn't like a, you know, North Pole summer situation. (laughs) We're in Elko, Nevada, and it's usually, you know, pretty consistent. Like, what what just happened? Mm. What do you think happened, Janet? Well, (laughs) I tell you what. I've lived in this town for a while, and strange happenings happen here. My late husband, Mr. Bradley Snakehole, died unexpectedly, sucked into the sky and dropped to the ground, splattered everywhere. (laughs) The two guests jerk back in reaction. The out-of-towner. Ugh, you know, I'm just trying to drive through to get to Milwaukee to see my wife and my kids. And I don't want to be a part of this crap. And the stranger, they both turn to the stranger. What do you think? Nothing. He doesn't say a word. The two start to examine him a a little closer and notice that he's covered completely in dust. Mmm. He wasn't before when he was rolling the dice. And now the stranger is covered completely in dust and he has this very vacant expression in his eyes. It's almost as if he doesn't know what they're saying. He's trying to decipher what these two people are saying. Oh. Almost as if he doesn't understand English or understand words in any way. The three of them decide, you know what? We're gonna have to go out a little bit farther into the desert because they saw the saucer kind of hover and maybe land 
over a corner. Ooh. We're gonna have to start walking out there and see what we find. So they open the door. Why do they feel like they have to go out there and find this thing? Because they're trying to make sense of why this just happened in this tiny town. Uh -huh. There's the only three there. They say they saw it maybe land somewhere and they're really very curious to see, hey, maybe whatever this was just like landed. Mm. So the out-of-towner is really reluctant to go. Janet Snakehole wants to know maybe what happened to her husband. Oh. And the stranger has no opinion whatsoever. Mm. They walk out the door and they notice just over the crest there's a new building where they think that the saucer might have landed. It looks like a giant block. But it oh. looks almost like an exact replica of the tavern that they're in right now. Oh. Popcorn, Daniel. Mmm, looks like a happy yet unsure face. So they leave the tavern. Mm. It got, so it's, it's still eerily quiet. They don't hear anything. And it's almost like a mirage. They see this big block type building and Part of it looks like the tavern that they, they just came from. So as they're traveling across the desert, it went back to eerie morning. As they, they travel across the desert, the, the blue light, it streaks across the sky, that early morning blue light. Mm. As they're, they're going across the sand and they're going and going and it seems like they should have got to this block by now, but mm. They haven't, and they look back, and it seems like they haven't gotten too much farther from the tavern either. Mm. But they're all getting really thirsty out there. They're just so unsure, like, can we actually get to this place? Like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. And as they're walking on the sand, um, Janet starts talking about like, oh, I am just wilting out here. <laughs> Does anybody have any water? And the, um, the rich man from out of town, he's uh, like, I don't have any water. And the, the stranger, he's still like, kind of mummy-ish. And just then, they step on something in the sand. Mm. Janet does. And she goes, oh, and gets back because she heard this. <laughs> oh. And the, uh, the, the zombie type guy, he like goes over to the sand and he starts moving it away. And there was a, a face in the sand. Kind of a, a mummy-ish looking face, like very, very dry. And he, he opens his eyes and they're piercing blue. Ooh. <laughs> and he says, to get across the desert, you must, he kind of stops and he starts blinking. His mouth starts pulling at the sides and the sand starts moving. <laughs> Is this Dune? <laughs> Is he high on the spice? <laughs> the spice. <laughs> the spice of life. Just then a giant figure emerges. Huge muscles. He's like twice as big as any of them. Mm. And he's got <laughs> a club in one hand and a whip in the other. And on the Hot. end of the whips are a bunch of <laughs> tiny little faces, like skull type things with like these long teeth. 
Oh. And he snaps in there. Like, ah. <laughs> 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 and he says, to get across the desert, you must fight me. <laughs> Stop it. Oh. Popcorn cabin. Mmm, it looks like a flower flower. Mmm, flower in the desert. Janet Snakehole, the out-of-towner, and the stranger, dusty, dusty stranger, are confronted by this almost like 80s, like, like boss-level character with the whippy, bitey things. You must fight me. Whoopsh. Go lay down. Janet tells the boys, listen, boys, I got this. <laughs> oh, dang. Janet knows men pretty well. She no. moves one strap off of her shoulder and then another strap. Oh. <laughs> the large, creepy, scary, dune-like creature starts to move forward. As he moves forward, about to attack Janet in a wild, lustful passion. Ew. <laughs> The stranger says his first word this whole entire time. Stop! He puts his hand up, ah! and the large man goes flying. It's almost like the stranger has powers. Stop. Oh. And the large man goes flying backwards. He falls silent again, still dusty and gross. Janet and the out-of-towner are like, what was that? And Janet's like, yeah, I was just trying to get him to, you know, get off our case a little bit. The stranger's silent again. All he does is look at them and point. And when he points, they look over and they found this huge cube-like complex. Oh. It almost has like an otherworldly force field around it. And as they get closer to it, they start to feel very weird. Janet starts to get, like, these, like, flashing memories of her husband, her long-gone husband, who was sucked up into the sky. The out-of-towner starts to feel violently sick. He feels like he's going to throw up. And the stranger is just walking on patiently. He gets to this force field-like wall, and he touches it. And all of a sudden, the stranger's face completely changes. He's a new person. Oh. And he looks back at Janet and the out-of-towner and says, follow me in. He has a large bouquet of flowers and he looks like he's come out of the 40s. Oh. And now Janet, the stranger, and the out-of-towner are all walking into what appears to be this new building in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Popcorn Daniel. Mmm, <laughs> an arrow with an alien on the side. <laughs> so they enter this cube, mm. and uh, which the tavern was just a mirage on the outside. Ooh. on their way in. And as they go in, there's red carpet and there's more flowers and it's it's kind of shiny. It seems almost like a really, really fancy hotel at first. Ooh. And the, the out-of-towner now totally changed as they 
they go down this narrow hallway. It seems to get darker and darker, and the lights seem to be more bluish, um, almost like more artificial looking. And the uh, stranger who's there with him, carrying the flowers, his face starts to get thinner. His eyes seem to get bigger, and what he's carrying is no longer a thing of flowers. He's actually holding something that looks almost almost like a weapon like it has like dark like um all these ridges on it almost like it's made out of um like vacuum hose covered with black intestines <laughs> <laughs> like my hover round <laughs> uh janet and the out-of-towner we haven't given them a name yet Mm-mm. Um, Steve. Steve. <laughs> uh, they they don't know why, but they're very compelled to follow him. As they're going, they're going, and it's getting darker and darker. Are they scared? They don't know. They. It's almost like they have to follow him. They don't know why. Like they're terrified, but they. They are just keep like they're, are they under like a spell almost? Like what's going on with them? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. they don't know. Mm. They they follow this dude, and soon they realize that it's almost pitch black. There's very rarely a small light coming overhead that they go through, and the guy is he's no longer wearing clothes, and he doesn't look like a man anymore. They just see little glimpses of like off-color skin and some like blue veininess going on oh. and stuff and then it goes pitch black and they hear like a noise like a metal chink like and there's noises and it's still dark just then janet and steve they kind of that's they they kind of feel like oh i like we we probably shouldn't have followed this guy in here. <laughs> <laughs> like they kind of wake up. Yeah, they kind of wake up. Mm. And there's a door that they realize is right there. And it's like as their eyes start to adjust, they, they see this door. And um, it's at first it looks like hieroglyphics, but part of... Part of them can understand it as well. They're, mm. they're not sure why, but they can understand, like, this, this says exit. Mm. And just then, a light lights up in the center. And it's Janet's husband. He's sitting in a metal chair. And next to him is the most valuable Fabergé... <laughs> Steve knows this egg. (laughs) This is the item that's been missing from his Fabergé egg collection for his whole life. It has arrows on it, like the last airbender (laughs) that come down, you know. (laughs) The airbender Fabergé egg. (laughs) The last eggbender. The last eggbender. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) they they realize 
this is this is what they've been wanting. J there's Janet's husband. Mm. There's Steve's most desired item missing from his collection. And between them, they realize there's a very black, greasy looking thing. It's like moving around on the floor. They can see like some hard shoulders and maybe like a tail coming up and they're not really sure. So they have to decide, are they, going to take this door and get out of there? Or are they going to go after the things that they really want? Mm. Popcorn Gavin. That looks like a clock to me. Tick-tock. Janet and Steve are faced with this decision. The black greasy thing is moving from side to side. It's almost like um, turning into like a liquid and back into a solid. Ooh. So they're noticing that the cube that they're in is not stable. It's almost like it's flying through the sky. And every time it tips to the side, this black thing sweeps over like a wave and then forms back into a thing. And then sweeps back over into wave and forms back into this spooky, spooky creature. Just as it's moving, it stops right in front of Janet. And Janet looks into it and she can see her reflection but as she looks closer into this like shiny, kind of like oily black thing right in front of her, it's almost like it forms like a scream. Janet leans forward and looks into it. And she sees memories of her and her husband. She sees them driving around crazy after 3 a.m. in Elko, Nevada, after they had a big win on their gambling streak. Oh, <laughs> gambling. Flash forward. She sees them buying the hotel and renovating it. She can hear his laugh so vividly. She can feel him hug her. She starts to cry. It's so intense for mm. her. She pulls back, and there's the black mirage again. And it sweeps a couple more times, and then it pops up in front of the stranger. Steve? Steve. <laughs> Not the stranger. <laughs> Steve. He leans forward and sees his Upper West Side apartment. <laughs> and he sees all of these things that he's done in his past that maybe aren't so great to get him to where he is today. Sweeps back from him. Sweeps around the floor. And then all of a sudden this thing just starts to expand throughout the room. Expanding and expanding. It's filling up the room almost like an oil spill. Jenna is watching her husband start to be drowned by this oil. She herself is drowning. And she's yelling for him. <laughs> Bradley! <laughs> Brad! No! No, Brad! Steve doesn't even care about the egg anymore. It's like sinking. It's like, no, it's gone. Oh. It starts to spill into them. They know this is the moment. They have to fight for their lives rather than get what they want. Mm. Janet starts to swim through the black, black goo. And she hears in her head, almost like a metronome. She almost knows that her life is about to end. 
She's about to be gone. Mm. But she's kind of tempted to be gone. Because then she would be with Bradley. Or so she thinks. She's swimming and swimming. And as she gets closer and closer, she sees all of these black, gooey creatures come towards her and try to hold her back. But she can do it. Steve is holding onto her leg. He's given up. He's like, oh, just get me to safety. She opens the exit door. They're back right outside the cube. There's a little timepiece on the ground. Ticking. Popcorn. Danny. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got another face. It's kind of a sad one now. Oh. As they're looking at this timepiece, Steve recognizes that this is a very valuable timepiece, <laughs> and he goes to pick it up. And as he picks it up, with it out of the sand starts to come the dude from earlier. This time mm. he is very, very sad because he did not get Janet. <laughs> <laughs> and as he's pulling it up, Janet and Steve both kind of look at each other and they realize, what? Or they think, like, what What was that to themselves? Mm. And Janet, definitely longing for her, her husband, and Steve, longing to, for more riches evermore. <laughs> evermore. <laughs> He's such a greedy, greedy <laughs> So Steve, he decides, you know what? All this stuff, it, it isn't worth it. He, he puts the watch back in the ground, and with it also goes the guy's face. And it almost seals. He he puts it on the ground, and and Steve kind of has this moment of yeah, like I, why am I going after all this stuff? And just then, Steve turns to sand. <laughs> Janet is left there alone, and she goes, "I want my husband." And then she can see the cube again. She runs back to the cube. No way. Yeah. She opens up the door, and there's the black goo on the floor. It's flooding out. She runs through it anyways. It, it starts from the light tunnel and starts getting darker and darker and darker. She makes to inside, and she can't see a thing. The goo is like up to her waist, but she's going through. She's like, I am gonna freaking save Brad. <laughs> Brad, <laughs> get out of the goo, Brad. <laughs> Cut to Steve. Steve's back at the tavern. Wait, his... I thought Steve was made out of turn into sand. Yeah. He's... Oh, okay. We cut to Steve. He's back at the tavern. Ooh. Steve is, he's like, wow. He, he had a, a personal realization and he didn't go after the, the thing that he thought he wanted most. He's, he's back like a changed man now. But we cut back to Janet and she is still struggling through that slime. Is she gonna get her husband or is she not? Let's find out. Ooh. Mm, the moon. Okay, so Steve is back at the tavern <clears throat> and he's happier than ever. The memories of what he just experienced are kind of fading away from him. Mm. 
it's almost like he doesn't know what happened out there. It's almost like this is his first day at this tavern. Meanwhile, Janet is struggling through the sludge, trying to find her husband again. She can't find the hieroglyphics on the wall like last time. Now, the whole wall is just smooth. Smooth mm -hmm. all the way around in a large dome. Does she shout out for Brad? Yeah. <laughs> Brad! Brad! <laughs> Brad! Where did you go, Brad? All of a sudden, out of the goo, emerges Brad. <laughs> She's standing right next to him. Oh my god, I missed you so much. You've been calling for so long. Do you remember when we bought that hotel? He's completely silent. Oh wait, she she owned the... the yeah, oh. she's the madam of the hotel, the tavern. Come on. The madame. It's not a brothel. <laughs> but that's what I was going for, kind of, when I said that. Anyways. <laughs> the madame of the snake hole Brad, tavern. I missed you so much. I haven't seen you in so long. Say something to me, Brad. Say something. Nothing. Bradley, I'm here to save you. Nothing. She keeps looking at him. She gets a little bit closer. His face starts to get a little thin. His eyes start to get a little bit bigger. And as all of this black sludge drains, she sees her husband start to turn into this thing. His eyes get very large and gray and his face elongates. Mm -mm. And the skin that she's holding that was once warm is now cold and slimy. Mm -mm. And Janet, ah! oh my God, oh my God, that's what happened to you, Brad. Janet, once the owner of the tavern, is now trapped. Steve, is just sitting there enjoying his cocktail. He looks up, he sees a very dusty man playing dice on the table next to him. Does he tries he to spark up a conversation, the guy doesn't say anything. Does he have no face now? No. But his face is a little bit longer and his eyes are a little bit bigger. And though he remembers a woman named Janet, he can't think of her face. And he can't remember the night that he first stepped foot into the tavern. The end. <laughs> Thanks for watching and listening, everybody. You can also find us on uh, Foothill 7 TV. You can find us on YouTube. And you can find us on your favorite podcast thing out there. And you can find us on Instagram at StorySparkTV. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can send us suggestions for story titles there, and we'll shout you out. <laughs>